Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, September 15th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. After breaking through the 1350 level last week, gold gave up some of those gains this week with some profit taking and a bit of strengthening in the dollar. The yellow metal rose slightly this morning after North Korea fired off another missile over Japan, but it seems people are getting a bit bored with the whole North Korean belligerence thing. Gold briefly touched 1334 in Asian markets before falling back to 1330. Gold is currently trading at 1327.80, silver is at 1781, and the gold-silver ratio stands at 74.74. The big news this week revolved around the national debt and crashing Bitcoin. With the stroke of his pen, President Trump hiked the debt ceiling and the national debt officially surged past the $20 trillion level. Trump inked his signature on a bill raising the debt ceiling limit for the next three months. It instantly added approximately $318 billion to the national debt, raising it to $20.16 trillion. That's trillion with a T. Just a few weeks ago, there was talk of a possible government shutdown. So how in the world did Congress get a deal done so fast? Well, as Rahm Emanuel famously quipped, never let a crisis go to waste. Congress had two crises fall right into their laps with Hurricane Harvey and Irma. They just tied a budget deal to hurricane relief. There was no way a bill with $15 billion in aid for people just walloped by hurricanes wasn't going to pass. But there is some interesting political wrangling going on beyond the temporary debt ceiling increase. Trump wants to do away with the debt ceiling altogether. Now, why in the world do we even have a debt ceiling? It actually goes back to World War I. Originally, the Federal Reserve was prohibited from buying U.S. Treasuries. But in order to finance the war, Congress amended the Federal Reserve Act to allow the Fed to buy U.S. debt. The debt ceiling was passed in an attempt to rein in government's ability to borrow from its own central bank. As Peter Schiff pointed out in his most recent Schiff Report video, a lot of people think debt ceiling is a problem. It's a barrier to getting things done. It's a political obstacle. Peter doesn't see it that way. In his video, he said, Now they want to obliterate the debt ceiling altogether so that we even remove any pretense that there's some limit on how much money we're willing to borrow. And as if this is supposed to be some kind of panacea. The people who are in favor of this think this is a great idea because they think the problem has always been the threat not to raise the debt ceiling. That's never been the problem. The debt is the problem. The ceiling is the solution to the problem. Now, if I were a betting man, I would say the debt ceiling is doomed. But beyond that, there's another interesting aspect to this whole spiraling debt mess that most people don't talk about, and it can have a tremendous impact on Federal Reserve policy. Consider this. Every dollar increase in the debt ups the amount of money the government has to fork out each year just to service interest payments. We're talking about a staggering amount of money here. That $318 billion increase in the debt that just passed will require an extra $7 billion interest payment annually. That's $7 billion a year extra just by increasing the debt $318 billion. The U.S. government spends a mind-boggling amount of money simply paying interest on its ballooning debt. In fiscal 2016, it paid out over $432 billion in interest. It's on track to hit a record this year of $460 billion. 
To put that into perspective, the entire 2016 budget for Australia was $420.5 billion. So the United States is paying more in interest than the entire budget for the country of Australia. Now consider this. The U.S. government is making these huge payments in a low interest rate environment. The average rate on U.S. Treasury debt today stands at about 2.2%. What would happen if interest rates rose to a more normal level, say to 5 or 6%? Some analysts actually did the math, and they figured out that if the interest rate on Treasury debt was 6.2%, like it was in the year 2000, the annual interest payment on the current debt would nearly triple to $1.3 trillion. Again, that's trillion with a T. Now imagine if you're Janet Yellen over at the Fed. Do you raise rates? How much political pressure will there be to keep rates down with this spiraling debt? A lot, I'm guessing, unless you buy this foolishness about the Federal Reserve being independent. During a recent interview on RT's Boom Bust, Peter said the Federal Reserve will have a hard time raising rates in an environment with a weakening dollar. He said he wasn't sure what the central bank would do in the short run, but he said in the long term, the Fed is going to go back to a low rate policy. Quote, the Fed has shown a propensity to raise rates regardless of the economic data ever since Trump was elected president, so I don't really know what they're going to do. Maybe they'll raise rates again before the end of the year, but regardless, I think they're very close to the end of the cycle. I mean, anybody who's smart now is looking beyond the next rate hike to the next cut, because that's going to be the beginning of the next easing cycle, which I think is going to take rates back to zero, maybe even below zero. It's going to unleash QE4, which I think will be bigger than the first rounds one, two, and three combined, end quote. The spiraling debt, along with the climbing interest payments, add another layer to Peter's argument. The U.S. government simply can't afford normal interest rates. So could this be the new normal? And if it is, what happens during the next recession? How can the Fed cut when rates are already so low? That means there is also pressure for the Fed to raise rates now, so it has room to cut the next time the economy needs stimulus. This is just more proof that the Fed has stuck itself between a rock and a hard place. Meanwhile, it's been a really bad week for Bitcoin. The price of the cryptocurrency continued its freefall after one of the largest exchanges in China announced it was shutting down. This follows on the heel of an article published by Cakeson announcing the Chinese government plans to ban cryptocurrency trading on all domestic exchanges. Information coming out today seems to confirm the story reported by the Chinese publication. Cointelegraph reported information slowly appearing from China appears to confirm that trading will no longer be legal for Bitcoin to fiat platforms. BTC China, one of the country's largest crypto exchanges, said in a tweet Thursday it plans to shutter operations by September 30th as the Chinese authorities crack down on cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin responded, falling nearly 21% in a 24-hour period. Just before China announced its Bitcoin crackdown, emerging market fund manager Mark Mobius warned that governments will begin clamping down on digital currencies because of their use in illicit financing, terrorism, and drug trafficking. That sounds a lot like the war on cash. Governments don't like things they can't control, so we knew it was only a matter of time before they tried to gain control over Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. But it's not going to be easy to clamp down on cryptocurrency because of its decentralized nature. 
I don't think it's time to put a fork in cryptocurrencies, but this certainly demonstrates their volatility. ShiftGold recommends diversifying your cryptocurrency portfolio with gold and silver. That can help mitigate some of the potential downside and put you in an overall stronger financial position. ShiftGold can help you convert some of your Bitcoin into precious metals. Just call 1-888-GOLD-160 and speak with a precious metal specialist for more information. In other news, a recent move by China could be a step toward dethroning the U.S. petrodollar. The Chinese have announced the launch of a gold-backed, yuan-denominated oil futures contract. The move potentially creates a way for oil exporters to circumvent U.S. dollar-dominated benchmarks by trading in the yuan. That's big news for countries like Russia, Iran, and others that are facing sanctions. These contracts will be priced in yuan, but they'll be convertible to gold. There are some other stories on the Shift Gold blog you'll want to check out this week. We have more in-depth analysis on Bitcoin, a post on how Trump will be able to mold the Fed into his own image, and a billionaire investor warns us about the stock market bubble. Well, that's a wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. Again, this is your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week.